You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm sitting down today with Bruce Adams and GP. You guys ready? I've been starting fireworks, I promise. <laughs> that's great, GP. That's All our first cut right it. there. That's Yeah, that's our first <laughs> cut right there because we're already two minutes into this. Is that the new YouTube challenge? We've moved. From, we've gone from yes. Tide Pods to, to Lacking Challenge to that, yeah? Yes, yes. Snorting fireworks. Yeah? Snorting fireworks. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Okay. If you watch some of the videos, it's what's happening when some of these kids are throwing the fireworks and they're coming back at them. Uh huh. Yeah, they're called or Antifa. light themselves on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see the one where the Molotov cocktail exploded on his shoes? Yes, <laughs> he's yeah. dancing. He was dancing around. <laughs> the police, like they were trying to, they were smacking him with like Tupperware lids and cardboard boxes and stuff like that. And the police came up. They shot him twice with a uh, with a fire extinguisher, and then they walked yeah. back. <laughs> it's yeah. like you're, you're there trying to throw a Molotov cocktail at the police, and they have to walk up and and hit you with a fire extinguisher, and then walk back. Yes. All right. GP, it's good to see you, as always. Oh, thank you. And it's a real shame that we're not uh, we're not capturing you today in your your new office. It's a real shame mm-hmm. because that's going to be a sight oh. to see when we get that up and running. I mean, we, we were doing some remodeling last night and, and we got you set up in your new office. And, and it's going to be great to show people at some point uh, when we get to uh, that point, which that's common. That's coming soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're, we're in testing. Uh, we might as well just let the cat out of the bag now. Yeah. So. Sure. We're, we're in testing for video podcasting from now until the end of the year. So it's possible that you're going to be getting little snippets here and there. But bad news, we might not be making the YouTube jump, will we? Uh, probably not. No. So stay tuned as but to we where... Have other markets. Where, yeah, there's other markets out there. But stay tuned as to where you can catch us when we do decide we're going to go live with that. But that is coming. Anyway, shall we jump right into... Should, do you want, we want to talk some campaign stuff today or is there other stuff going on? I mean, it, I, I really I, I hate to talk this this campaign garbage all the time, but it is the time of year. It, it is the time of year to talk mm-hmm. it. And with everything that we're seeing now, the, the biggest the gripe that I have at the moment are polls. I don't like these polls. I don't think there's a single poll that's been out there that I've seen up to this point where Trump is ahead. He's within a few points or he's uh, he's five points behind. He's 14 points behind. He's 10 points behind. And and, and that's what we're seeing. I I don't trust these. I mean, I've never really trusted polls, but I don't I don't trust these polls that we're seeing. I don't. Because if you look at if you look at the way that the parades are, the rallies are the the attitude of people, you don't see the, the Biden support in the U.S. You see the Trump support overwhelmingly. And, and I'm not saying that from one side or the other. I'm not saying that from, oh, I saw that on Fox News. It's true. Or I saw that on CNN. It's true. That, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is we step outside of that um, that paradigm. We, we don't we don't indulge ourselves in, in the mainstream media narratives. We watch what happens on various social media platforms from different videos that people put up. Now, if there were these big, long Biden parades I would say, okay, there's a big, long Biden parade. Okay, that's uh, here it is. But it's not there. I I saw a a comparison to a Trump parade, as in, you know, a line of cars with Trump support, Trump banners and flags and and all kinds of stuff. 
And that was about a thousand cars long. You go to a Biden parade, you know, a caravan of, of vehicles. There's like 14 cars there. Well, to be fair, they're, remember, under the Biden campaign and the Biden followers, they're told that going outside is a death sentence, to be fair. They're okay. staying, they're doing the social distancing, they're staying inside, they're doing what they're told, just to be fair. That was actually the point I was going to point out is, well, the Biden side is all terrified of the virus, so they're all going to die if they go outside their, their door, so they're not going to show up for a rally. I mean, you remember when Trump was losing in the polls to Hillary all the way up into the end? Polls, though, Trump was was behind, and sure enough, he came out a win just to make a great meme, you know? Remember that time? <laughs> When Trump was behind the polls and then all the people that got off work were able to vote and he won. Yeah, but Hillary, the polls were showing Hillary would win the popular vote and they were they were within a point eight mm -hmm. uh, point range. I mean, they were they were below the margin of error. Mm -hmm. What they didn't get right was the electoral college, the, the electorate. I, I honestly, and this is just my opinion. I don't, I don't have anything to back this up with, but it, just by the way that I saw it happen that night with the Trump and, and Clinton election was, I don't think Hillary won that popular vote. I don't think she did. And let me explain why. Let me explain why. After the concession was made, John Podesta went out on stage and he, he declared because Hillary couldn't do it for, you know, reasons, but uh, she, she didn't go out and give the concession, so John Podesta did. While he was out there giving the concession, the Trump campaign was giving their uh, their victory speech. And within, because at that time, that was just after midnight Eastern time, everybody in the U.S. went to bed, right? Because they everybody saw the winner. Everybody clocked out for the day. Everybody went, went to bed. So what happened after that? She didn't win that popular vote until after everybody went to bed because there had already been a declared victory. So they rock. I mean, they ratcheted that popular vote up. I mean, it was it was cranking itself up after the victory speech was given. So I, I don't think she actually won that because at that point, concession was already made. Why not? Right. Why not? Why not just uh, just uh, doctor it up? So, I mean, I don't think that she actually won the popular vote. I don't think she did. Yeah, I don't think she won the popular vote either. But anyway, um, that's that's neither here nor there at this point. Now we're looking at the situation that's going to be coming in the uh, in the coming days uh, with this one. And we are, are we under 50 days. Yes. Yeah. Under 50 days. OK, this doesn't shock me. This doesn't shock me. We talked yesterday about being in an echo chamber and how that relates to like social media and, and it tying into these movements in the streets and things like that. And one thing that is I mean, it's it's apparent we've talked about it up to this point was the amount of billionaires that are backing these movements in the streets and they're backing the Democrat Party in America. They're not largely backing any Republican movements, not to not to my knowledge. I could be wrong, but none that I've seen. They all seem to be jumping on board with getting behind the movements in the streets. Well, why is that? It's always big money. It's big corporations. Corporations don't have any. I mean, they, they don't care. Corporations will jump in bed with whoever, whatever it thinks is, is going to jump, uh, you know, advance their cause and, and help them move forward. But it doesn't matter to the corporation. It, it doesn't matter that, because they don't have I don't want to say they don't have a soul, but they really don't. Historically, they don't. They get on board with whatever it might be. And this is why you see corporations rise and fall throughout history, because they jump on board with movements that are even to their own detriment. They don't care because they think it's advancing their cause. That's what they're doing here. It's the same thing. It's big money that are financing these movements. Do you know I heard today that Act Blue 
you guys know who Act Blue is, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, Act Blue. Yeah. That's that's the the uh, that's the the financial the money wing of, of yeah, yeah the money laundering. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, I was trying to avoid that, but okay. <laughs> the money laundering. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, money exchanging program. Yes, they've taken really in over nine hundred million dollars this year alone. Nine hundred million dollars, and over three hundred million of that are from unemployed people. Now. How on earth do 300, how do you take in $300 million from unemployed people? I didn't realize they made that much money. So it's, the question is, is you can have that money coming from anywhere. It could be coming from overseas organizations, through front companies, any of those things. And and that's what this is. That's what you're seeing. You're seeing big financial movements that are behind these social movements in the streets. And this is how it always works. You go back even to the Bolshevik Revolution, financed by New York Finance Capital back in the day. So the money's always been there. Any of the um, any of the uh, the movements that you've had in Asiatic countries at that time, it was financed by uh, Russian communism. So the money's always been there from another source. It's never been a true organic movement, just like what you're seeing in the streets in the U.S. Now, it's not a true movement. It's money. It's being paid. The amount of money that you need to foment a revolution like this, it's not even feasible to be organic, the the amount of money that these people have. It's not possible. Do you think Antifa, the ones that are, I mean, for crying out loud, they're moving them from city to city and they're not bussing them in, they're flying them in. They don't work. So that money's got to be coming from somewhere. And if you look at the, um, the tools of the trade that these people are using, shall we say, out in the streets, they're not just picking that stuff up anywhere. They don't have any money. So they got to be getting supplied somewhere. Revolutions cost money and it's big finance capital, corrupt finance capital that's behind all this crap. And so you have the likes of, of course, public enemy number one, George Soros. Tom Steyer is another one. Pierre Amadier. And then you got the big tech companies that are on board with it, too, among many politicians. And then, of course, you've got people that are the ones that are sympathizing along the way, endorsing it, taking in the, the talking points and all that stuff. But the question becomes, where does the agenda get pushed to? And that's everything's leading towards November at this point in the U.S., right? Everything's headed towards November. Everything's going towards an election. GP, you look deep in thought over there. I'm trying to get some research here for a second. Sorry. All right. I will continue on. But we're all headed towards November. Now, George Soros. So you've got several different groups that are put out by George Soros. Mainly, there is a group out there now called uh, Protect the Results, right? Because we know that there's a contested election coming, right? So there's a new foundation out there now called Protect the Results. They're working hand in hand with another company who is who is called the Transition Integrity Project, which is an organization that has put together some tabletop exercises. And we're going to go over those here in a minute. Bruce, you've been looking over some of that stuff, too. And it's quite shocking, a lot of that stuff in there. Uh, but we're going to go over that in a minute. But um, George Soros, right, with him being one of the protect the results main organizers is that's a nonprofit or has a nonprofit called Indivisible. Don't you love how he comes up with these names? Like his main his main organization is called Open Society. He's anything but an open society. That's that's not what he's about. But this is based out of where? Washington, D.C. Indivisible was founded in 2016 after Trump's election. Huh. Odd that that pops up right after Trump gets elected, isn't it? Indivisible's main donor is the Tides Foundation. Bruce, you're very, you're very well familiar with the Tides Foundation, aren't you? They're into just about everything, which is the Tides Foundation is also a Soros financed pass through organization. So they funnel money through the Tides Foundation. Same thing with Act Blue. They funnel the money through there. And the Tides Foundation is also involved with Act Blue as well, aren't they? They're also tied in with that. 
You've got other Soros-funded entities, which this is a big one. Everybody knows this, moveon.org, right? That's a big Soros outfit. It's been around for a long time. Uh, People for the American Way, uh, 350 Action, and the Women's March are listed as uh, Protect the Results Partners. Do do you remember, Bruce, when we were talking about the different ways that they that they set up organizations within a socialist structure. They pick the names of the fronts to make them sound like they are patriotic and they represent the best interests of the people and the country and and all of that. So you have like the American Civil Liberties Union. Yeah. The Anti-Defamation League. Yeah. They make it sound like these are credible organizations when in fact they're just fronts, just like this one, just like this one, indivisible. Well, no one wants to be divided, right? They pick something you can't argue with. Moveon.org. Well, we're moving on together, right? Open society. Well, we all want to come together. The Amer- People for the American way. Yeah, George Soros is really for the American way. And the, of course, the women's words protect the results, as in you are for democracy, insinuating you're for democracy when you try to undermine democracy using these front groups with credible names that on the surface sound good. Same thing. Black Lives Matter sounds good on the surface, right? Everybody can agree that black lives do matter. But when you look at the underlying agenda of that organization, it kind of speaks for itself. Same thing with Antifa, anti-fascist. Well, I know a lot of people that are anti-fascist. I don't like fascists. I don't like them at all. But the underlying agenda of that organization is where, well, a tree's really judged on the quality of its fruit, isn't it? <laughs> so, I mean, you, you kind of, yeah, yeah, that's just the way that it is. But anyway, in an interview last month, Soros, uh, a longtime Trump nemesis, I might add, uh, suggested the president will be indicted if he loses in November because he has violated the Constitution in many different ways. Gee, what ways are those? What, what ways are those? How, how has Trump violated the U.S. Constitution? If he had violated the U.S. Constitution, Bruce, you and I'd be the first people to call it out. We're, we're digging in that thing and, and making reference to that stuff all day long. He hasn't done that. He has not done that. One scenario was wargamed out by uh, post-election plotters uh, is criminal charges brought against Donald Trump and his associates for unspecified crimes. Well, we've had that already, haven't we? Russia collusion. Yeah, we've yeah. already had that. So and they already Pierre admitted Audem- that it was word from a secretary. So, yeah. Yeah, it was it was hearsay nonsense. Hearsay. But, and it was it was some Trump. Well, no pun intended. It was some trumped up piece of garbage that uh, that they came up with that they took to the FISA courts and they didn't do it once. They did it 17 times. So it's it's not like this is something that's one and done. They didn't get the result they wanted. So they modified it and they went back and they did that 17 times until they figured out, OK, well, now we get, now we got what we need. And they used some uh some garbage whistleblower that they never even put on the stand. And then you had Schiff running around for almost two years saying we've got we've got rock solid evidence. We've got proof. We got the smoking gun. It's coming. We have it. It's coming out. We, we've got it. The walls are closing in. Where is it? What happened? It was never there. Right. Was never there. Was never there. If you have charges and it's that concrete as you're as you're making it out to be, then let's see it. Let's see it. Do, do you remember the name of the whistleblower? It was not, not the one that they were. No, no. Uh, that was the second hand whistleblower if you will the main one was the main one was like an, a lieutenant uh admiral or admiral or or something i don't know it was some mm-hmm. it was one of the it, the name when i heard it i knew the name but anyway he was one of the ones that was on the phone call at the time and it was an admiral or something to that effect anyway i, I didn't know if you had heard it uh, Johnny on, on I, I knew that one there was the another one that I watched and yeah I, I knew that there was another one I couldn't think of who it was he's the yeah I 
if I can find it, I'll find it. But he's the one that was actually on the call. And then they got someone else, which was the Eric Charamella. They used them as the scapegoat or, or the whistleblower when they weren't actually there. They, they weren't actually on the call. It was um, the Admiral. Okay. Anyway, I, I didn't know if you knew that the the information on that because that would have been valid there. To, to no, no, no. I, no, I get it. I, I get it. Uh, I, don't, I didn't know the backstory, but um, fair enough. Okay. Pierre Amadier. Do you guys know who this is? I've never heard of this guy. Doesn't mean I, 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 I don't. Uh, seriously, I, I don't. I have never heard of this. I've never heard this guy's name, but apparently he was the founder of eBay. But I thought the guy that founded eBay was the guy that wanted to trade like stuffed animals or something. I mean, I, I didn't think it was this fellow. I, of course, I don't remember the guy's name, but could have been that. But anyway, Pierre, the yeah. fa- Pierre Amadier, same guy. Same guy. Yeah. Same guy. Yeah. All right. The founder of eBay has poured tens of millions into projects headed by never Trump conservatives. Right. And these are the GOP people that are turning on him in the in in behind the scenes Mm -hmm. or the uh, the ones that are coming out endorsing Biden, like the Bush people and and all the uh, the old cabinet members and stuff. They're all getting on board with the uh, the Biden campaign. Amadier, whose net worth is around 17 billion this week, issued a blueprint for how to reimagine capitalism in America, which would ensure that people who have been historically and systematically marginalized by structural racism, colonialism, paternalism and indifferent and indifference will have the opportunity, power and the self-determination that comes from economic prosperity and a vibrant, fair and responsive democracy. Okay, first and foremost, I, I can go through and I can pick apart each one of these things, and we could probably sit here for another hour and pick each one of these things apart. But due to the interest of time, we don't have that. But I will say this. If you are a group out there, I don't care what group you are. I don't care if you're white, black, Asian, Hispanic, whatever. I, I could care less what your ethnicity is because I'm not one of those people. But any group, whether it's political or, or race-based or whatever, any group that gets co-opted and uses the authority of the state to advance your cause, you have zero legitimacy in my book. That's what it comes down to. Most of Ottemeyer's largesse has been directed to left-wing causes and Democratic candidates over the years, but he found political soulmates in the never-Trump right. Do you know why all the all the big donors out there are left-wingers? Have you, have you noticed that that's like a trend? Have you ever wondered why that is? Because it keeps the mobs in the streets off of their doorstep. That's what it comes down to. They want to keep the mobs directed at their opposition. They don't want the mobs at their door like they were during the French Revolution, which you can sit there and make all the protection measures you need. But those mobs historically are going to come for you. They always do. They always do. Do you think that that Jeff Bezos is going to sleep peacefully at night when he gets rid of all opposition? Not going to happen. They're already outside of his house with guillotines in the middle of the night. So anyway, all these people are. Uh, yeah, they're all in, in in mixed up in this. James and Catherine Murdoch. Right. These are the uh, this is one of the Murdoch boys, you know, Rupert Murdoch, Fox News. Yeah, that guy. And Sun Papers in uh, in England. It's his son, and of course, I think it's his wife, which would be Rupert Murdoch's daughter-in-law. They're spending lots of money to separate themselves from the uh, conservative legacy, if you want to call it that. James Murdoch resigned from the company's board in July over disputes with the cable news channel, and the Murdochs reportedly sp- er, uh, worth a reported two billion dollars. I'm sure it's more than that. Are donors to uh, Bill Crystal's Republicans for the Rule of Law. If you're a Republican for the rule of law, then you'd be out there denouncing the violence in the streets. That's what you'd be doing. You'd be demanding the arrest 
of the people that are out there burning cities down, burning neighborhoods down, burning businesses down. So if you're for the rule of law and you're a Republican, then put some action behind your words. Something something on the uh, Republicans uh, for the rule of law, now that you pointed them out, protect the results. They're, they're a donor of that. I have mm-hmm. a list of mm-hmm. some of the donors of that. Yeah, what do you got? Uh, organization. Well, as far as the Republicans, that was the only one that stood out with Republican in their name. But there, there's a list of, I don't know, maybe 20 or 20 or 30 uh, people that, or organizations that, that uh, joined with and uh, move on is one of the ones that stands out. And then the, the Republicans for the rule of law, Stand Up Republic, uh, the Women's March. Uh, those are really the only ones that, that stand out. All the other ones... I, I don't know any of the names, but um, yeah. Interesting. I, well, I, I wish I could say that that was surprising, but it's really not. Okay, next one. Tom Steyer. You guys remember Tom Steyer? He was the uh, the Democratic candidate on the stage for a little while. He has uh, said who, that... Who again? Tom Steyer. Uh, I'm, I'm joking. Sorry. Everybody forgot who he was. Yeah, everybody yeah. forgot who he was. <laughs> he, he was... I, there was something interesting that came up about him on the campaign trail. I can't remember what it was. I, I, I Apparently, I forgot what it was, so... I guess it doesn't really matter. But there, there was something interesting about him on the campaign trail. It was pretty significant, but I can't recall what it was. Anyway, Next Gen America, which is uh, which is a front by Tom Steyer. He is involved in Protect the Results. Steyer spent one hundred and twenty three million dollars in twenty eight on the twenty eighteen election cycle. Next Gen America will spend at least forty five million dollars to help elect Joe Biden by persuading young voters to use mail in ballots. While lamenting out-of-control wildfires in his home state, Tom Steyer told CNN on Monday that the only solution to the alleged climate crisis is to, honest to God, elect Joe Biden. Okay. Yeah. So the the thing is, is that, I mean, this is big money, right? This is big money that's involved in it. And, and it's not, these are not the only ones. These, these are not the only ones. But we had mentioned something in there about the uh, Transition Integrity Project, okay? They got together back in June, and they put together... It was let me see. It was it's a bipartisan group of over 100 current and former senior government and campaign leaders and other experts in a series of 2020 election crisis scenario planning exercises. So they did tabletop exercises. They ran four simulations, just like Event 201 with uh, with Bill Gates on, oddly enough, a coronavirus. How the hell did that happen? Back in December. Different podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the results, right, they, they ran four of these. They ran four of these tabletops. And they they assessed with a high degree of likelihood that November elections will be marked by a chaotic legal and political landscape. And they also assessed that President Trump is likely to contest the result by both legal and extra legal means in an attempt to hold on power. So recent events, including the president's own unwillingness to commit to abiding by the results of the election, the attorney general's embrace of the president's groundless electoral fraud claims. An unprecedented deployment of federal agents to put down left-wing protests. Are you hearing the basis of this tabletop? Are you hearing this? Yes. Are, are you here? Like th- these are the bases they that when, they went when did off he of. Used, when did he use? Okay. When did when did the uh, deploy the federal troops? Trump. Uh, that was when did uh, what what that was um it was July it wasn't was it last it was, month it was July first part of August that's when they were trying to burn down the courthouse in in Portland yeah uh, somewhere around there yeah. So they were just defending a building, but they weren't uh, suppressing the rioting and looting. No, it had to have been before because they did this. They, they ran this scenario in uh, June. OK, so it had to have been. OK, it had to have been before. No, I could have been right. 
I'm just trying to do the timeline in my head. But anyway, they also say they're uh, under they underscore the extreme length to which President Trump may be willing to go in order to stay in office. Do, do you notice that there's a flip of the agenda here? Everything is a reprojection. Everything that's happening here that, that is laid out in this underlying basis of these tabletop exercises is everything that the Democrats are planning to do. But they're flipping it back on itself. Yeah, that's all that's happening here. They are the ones and, and I'm not, for God's sake, I, and I, I get this all the time. Oh, well, you're on that side. I'm not on a side. We have got to stop looking at this in terms of sides because that's where they want people. They want people on sides. Well, I'm not on a damn side. I'm on the side of, of truth and common sense and reality. This nonsense that they're pulling right now, they're bringing in armies of lawyers. They're going to contest. It's not the Republicans bringing in lawyers. They're not doing it. The Democrats are bringing in lawyers. And as you said, GP, they're being told, vote by mail. Don't go out. You're going to die. The virus is going to kill you. That's what they're being told. They're keeping people scared to go outside. So they're going to keep them away from the polls. On top of that, they're also opening up jails, right? They've been opening up jails for quite a while now. What's going to happen? They're also allowing felons to vote in certain states. You notice that's passing quickly because that has to happen for them. Also, how many of these people are going to be menacing people outside of polling places? You ever thought about that? Mm -hmm. It's coming. It's coming. We expect it. But they're going to say they're all Republicans doing it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's everything's everything has to be flipped, which is exactly what they're doing in this tabletop. Everything has to be flipped back on itself. So it has to be made to look like when they do contest, it's going to be in the name of, well, we won it. And and here's what we said was going to happen. Yeah, it has to be. They have to position themselves in a situation where they are the victim. They have to stay the victim. They have to stay the victim because they've promoted nothing but victim victimization this whole time. They have to be on board with the victimization of themselves. So they have to make themselves the legitimate source. Anyway, uh, in this report that they that they put out here, uh, the Transition Integrity Project explains the basis for the assessments. The findings are bolstered by the historical experience of the Bush versus Gore in 2000. You remember that recount? Mm hmm. Uh, and other U.S. electoral electoral dysfunctions. The closest analogy may be the election of 1876, a time of extreme partisanship and rampant disenfranchisement, where multiple states preferred competing slates of electors, and the election was only resolved through a grand political bargain days before inauguration, one that traded an end to reconst uh, reconstruction for electoral peace and resulted in a century of Jim Crow leaving deep wounds that are far from healed today. I, I love how they lay all this found it, all this groundwork. You notice how they do this? Yeah, they, how they lay all this stuff out. They failed to mention that just before this, the, the Democrats tried to win an election by doing mail-in votes. They, they failed to mention that part and how that failed. And uh, what was it, 40 people or something like that went to prison over over trying to uh, fraudulently vote. Uh, yeah, they, they failed that part. Something like that, yeah. So among the findings that they found in the report was the concept of election night is no longer accurate and indeed is dangerous. So you hear this, an election now is not accurate and it's dangerous. Okay. The situation that they put together was based on everything that we listed, and they they put under this uh, this concept of an election night not being accurate and being dangerous. They say that we face a period of contest uh, contestation stretching from the first day a ballot is cast in mid September until January twenty. The winner may not, and we assess likely will not be known on election night. As officials count mail-in ballots. Well, according to what they're saying, as long as you have it postmarked by election day, 
it could take anywhere from, well, hell, there was a postcard that showed up 100 years later just the other day in Michigan. So, I mean, how bad could it be? How bad could it be? This period of uncertainty provides opportunities for an unscrupulous, (laughs) where do they come up with these numbers? Unscrupulous? Yeah, candidate to doubt, excuse me, to cast doubt on the legitimacy of the process and to set up an unprecedented assault on the outcome which is exactly what they're doing by avoiding the election. That's what it comes down to in in all of this. They don't want to have an election because you have to think back to 2016, right? Or 2015, the 2016 election. Everything was what? We described it in the beginning. Everything was Hillary's going to win. The the poll shows 98%. Don't even bother to come out voting. She's already in the White House. She's measuring the windows for the drapes. You don't even need to bother with it. She's going to win it all. That's what everybody was being told. What happened? The unexpected happened. Landslide in the other direction. We called it. We knew that that was what was going to happen. But, but more importantly, what happened after that? See, it wasn't the fact that the Democrats and and the American left and held the American right to to a great extent. They didn't just lose. They got absolutely humiliated. They got humiliated on the world stage and they will not. And they still haven't let it go. They, they just can't. They can't get it through their sick heads that people do not want them anymore. They can't get their fanaticism is is beyond uh, reproach at this point. It, it's awful. It's awful. They're, they're so twisted up in all of this. But what's going to happen now with everything that's happened with this pandemic and these lockdowns and and the rioting and, and everything and and the endorsement of the people on the Democrat side, the Republican side jumping onto the Biden side? I mean, this is going to ensure another landslide victory. This is why they don't want to have the election. Same thing with the debates. They don't want to have those debates. They don't. Can you imagine Joe up there on stage with Trump? Not going to happen. Not going to happen. I don't know what they're going to do, but it's not going to happen. But the campaigns, the parties, the press and the public, right, they say that they have to be educated to adjust expectations starting immediately, right? That was all played out in the uh, the tabletop. See, what you think happened isn't actually happening. That's what they're saying to you. What you think just happened didn't actually happen. So we need to educate you on what you just saw as opposed to what you think you saw. A determined campaign has opportunity to contest the election into January of 2021. As we said, the Democrats are bringing in armies of lawyers. So we know they're going to contest. We know they're going to contest. That's coming. Now, this is a long report. I'm not going to get down into all this. Uh, Bruce, jump in here. You've, you've looked down through this. Te- I mean, stop me. You know, elbow your way in here. Knock me out of the way. I'm, I'm just rambling here. What well, stood out okay, to you? I'll, Anything I'll level in. Yeah, 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 jump in here. Um, so just uh, we, we kind of talked about this off recording before. Some of the bits of this actually looks like it's more of a battle plan. It's more of a, hey, guys, you should try doing this. Like, a determined campaign can uh, or has opportunity to contest the election. It's almost like, hey, uh, Biden, you, your your campaign should contest the election in 2021, you know, I mean, or, or into 2021. And we've talked about it before. What happens if they contest this for that long? Yeah, Pelosi takes takes uh, presidency for a time. So, you know, it, it doesn't uh, not for a time. Not for a time. They're looking to make that permanent. It would be, well, I mean, it would be for a time to keep things, to keep the people thinking that everything's okay and kosher. It would be for a time until they're able to arrest Trump. However, I mean, Pelosi may try to use the military at that point to, to arrest Trump and then say, okay, well, the election is Biden's. And, you know, until they get all the pieces in place to make it look like, you know, to keep the people from rioting. Well, they've already shopped that plan to the Pentagon, the top brass of the Pentagon, and they said no. 
They, they already shopped that idea. You, you don't you don't have the military. I don't care who it is. Right. I don't care if it's Trump or, or whoever. You don't have the military go in and remove a sitting president duly elected by the people. You don't do that. Only totalitarian regimes around the world do that. Fascist and communist countries do stuff like that. We do not. We do not. Right. Right. And I, I, I totally agree. The, but I don't I don't know. I don't know what else their game plan is, because I don't know how willing if this is if this looks like it's it's, um, you know, after the election's done and everything and they start dragging it out and saying, oh, the ballots aren't all in yet. We've got to wait and count everything. And oh, look at this. 30 days later, we're getting a truckload of ballots. And when it looks pretty scammy and it looks broken, I don't know how willing Trump is going to be to to consent to, to relent on this. And do you remember the very first, the very first coronavirus relief package when they had the uh, the unemployment, like the paycheck protection and all that stuff in there, the, um, the you know, the unemployment bump up mm-hmm. and everything. What did we see in there? They had it wasn't mail in voting, but it was they were removing the security checks for any kind of recounts. They were removing yeah. that in there. And we yeah. thought this doesn't make any sense. What, why yeah. are they doing? Why are you this? doing that? What? Why, why are you removing security mm-hmm. uh, procedures that, that have been in place since the 1800s? Why? Why are you doing that? And it was it's just it was subtly act, slipped in there. Yeah, yeah, it was the Heroes Act. It was it was just subtly yeah. slipped in there. Well, no, okay, it was the Heroes Act. That's the one that passed. It wasn't that wasn't the three trillion one, was it? Yeah. Now you're uh, the three trillion one. That was basically nationalizing everything in the country. That's what that was. Yeah, because did they did they proposed one and that one was shot down? Right. Right. And, this one. and I don't think that one passed because there was all kinds of stuff in there, too, about the post office, which we, I mean, at the same time, we were trying to look at this. And we're like, wait a minute. What? Why are they keying so much on the post office? Why are they keying so much on removing security procedures for voting? This didn't make any sense. And then somewhere along the line, somewhere they slipped mail in voting in, in a bill somewhere. They did that. No, the Heroes Act is the one. Uh, I think this is the one that didn't pass. Because this is the one that has uh, the mail-in voting. Uh, let's see. There's the U.S. Postal Service, federal elections, um, avi- uh, aviation, railroad workers. Uh, let's mm-hmm. see. Federal workforce stuff, immigration, mm-hmm. broadband mm-hmm. service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was all in there because they said, OK, we're never going to reopen schools. We need to give everybody free broadband access throughout the U.S. The administrative transition, this is back to the tabletop, the administrative transition process itself may be highly disrupted. This is what they found in in one of the tabletops. Participants in the exercises of all backgrounds and ideologies believe that Trump would prioritize personal gain and self-protection over an ensuring over ensuring an orderly administrative handoff to his successor. Again, this is a reprojection. This is a flipping of the agenda. They are setting the country up for the first time in our history to not have a peaceful transition. And I'm not talking about Trump. I'm not talking right. about Trump. They also say that in their tabletop that they found Trump may use pardons to thwart future criminal prosecution for what? Arrange business deals with foreign governments that benefit him financially. Gee, uh, do I need to tell you where all the money comes from? Do I need to do we need to go into the criminal networks that were established not by Trump? Attempt to bribe and silence associates. Oh, yes, because that worked so well with Mr. Cohen, didn't it? That worked so well with him. Declassify sensitive documents. Okay, now what they're saying there is what they're saying there is, is that everything that's tied up with the whole Ukraine thing and everything that's Mm -hmm. tied up with the Chinese deals, all that's classified. Yeah. 
Right. That right there, that needs to be put out by a transparency executive order. That has to be put out. And the American people have to see that. Sorry, that has to happen. Because if you sell your country out to the highest bidder for money, well, that only makes you one word. And an attempt to divert federal funds to his own business. <laughs> Why are they um, laying out their own bi- uh, battle plan? This is like everything own, that they've they just, done. They just, they just have to flip the names there. <laughs> yeah, they just need to flip the names because that's that is the, definitely just like Bruce said. That's their battle plan. Yeah. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. we we've seen the foreign biz, uh, foreign government deals. We've seen the self enrichment stuff from the Biden side. We've seen and all the, the stuff side. that they're talking about. We covered yeah, and the, the Harris side. That's right. We covered the thing with uh, with their law firm, right? It was a law firm, right? Their their law firm. It's it's in bed uh, with communist China. Right. Yeah, her husband is. Yeah. Mm. So we're we're seeing this on the Biden side of things, and Harris and Trump. Trump has had every opportunity to do that. He's had every opportunity to do self enrichment or enrich his family, and he's not doing it. Why? Why? You guys keep saying he's doing it, but where's your proof? You keep saying well, he's going solid. to do it. It's rock solid. It's it's yeah. it's come. The walls are closing in. It's it's there. It's they have the smoking gun. It's going to come out. It's going to come out. And and where is it? I mean, it, it it doesn't it seem kind of ironic that we're seeing the 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 people that disagree with Trump or don't like Trump. They're writing books or exposés or whatever, trying to make money off of nothing. Nothing in the books. They're, like they're saying, oh, the Bolton's book is a smoking gun. There's nothing there. There's nothing in it. Some of the accusations aren't even founded. I mean, some of the other accusations we've seen recently saying that Trump hates the the soldiers and, and called them suckers and losers and that kind of stuff. Even Bolton came out and said, yeah, that's not true. So this nonsense that they keep trying to push, I honestly, I don't think it'll stick. If, if they were to enact this, this wouldn't be a peaceful transition of power. Because you would see, I, I think, I think you would see some people rise up and say, uh, "You guys just stole this. You guys did this illegally," and you would see unrest. Their next situation that they came up with, their, well, their next outcome they came up with was, "Hmm, plan for a contested election." Really, never would have guessed that mm-hmm. one. If there is a crisis, events will unfold quickly, and sleep-deprived leaders will be asked to make consequential decisions quickly. Thinking through options now will help to ensure better decisions. Approach this as a political battle, not just a legal battle. In the event of electoral contestation, sustained political mobilization will be will likely be crucial for ensuring transition integrity. Dedicated staff and resources need to be in place at least through the end of January. And we all know what happens by the end of January if we don't have a declared winner, right? Yeah. Yeah. Madam Madam uh, Madam Salon there is going <laughs> to take the reins. Which, yes, GP, she's done such a great job in her district out there in, in San Francisco. Oh, she's amazing because I she can she passed up Portland and Seattle for the most amount of poop in her district. I mean, she has been just surpassing award after award, greatest amount of homeless, greatest amount of filth, highest disease rate, and most social programs. Um, and most social pro yes, highest money to give into social programs to increase the amount of homeless people we have. She's got a great one of the greatest increases. It's fantastic what she's doing. Award after award. I mean, you just can't, just just can't uh, top that. True, true, true woman of the people. I mean, what can you say? Yeah, oh, what can, absolutely. What can you say? What can mm-hmm. you say? And and she she's so gracious to to even put the bums up in the hotels in San Francisco now the five star hotels mm-hmm. two hundred and fifty dollars a night at your expense. Well, little, expense. little does anyone know that those hotels are going to be torn down and rebuilt on taxpayer dollars. 
that's the actual plan. So they definitely need a uh, well. Actually, they don't even need the of uh, the. They don't even need Biden to be president to do this because the governors and mayors are far more powerful than the president of the United States. And we know that in order for the president of the United States to enact anything in a state, he's got to get rid permission from a governor. A governor can override anything the president does. And mayors are pretty much left to do with their own in their own cities unless the governor overrides them. And the governor never really ever does. So we know oh. that. Go ahead. Uh, I'll push back a little bit. Um, the, the governors can override Anything the president does, unless those powers have been given to the federal government. So in in the case that the powers, but even then we're seeing things like, for example, um, marijuana is federally illegal. Yes. We're still seeing it legalized on the state level. Sanctuary cities. Sanctuary cities. That's another one. Yeah. Sanctuary cities is probably a better one because the Constitution specifically gives uh, immigration over to the federal government. So they're supposed to have sole control of that. Right. But they don't because the governors have overridden the Exactly. You know, presidential orders. So, you know, or the executive branch orders. Well, the executive branch, actually, here's a funny thing is most people don't know the president can't make laws. True. Everyone thinks the president makes laws. He doesn't. Closest thing would be, yeah, closest thing would be an executive order, but even that can be over. Executive order, right. Oh, yeah. And that's by Congress. Executive orders. Uh, th- there is a, an example. So he, well, what's it called? Um, Critical race theory. They were teaching critical race theory in some of these government organizations. And Trump said, no, you don't. You're stopping that now. And the CDC said, no, we're, we're still going to teach. We're still going to do critical race theory. And we're going to do, what was it, 13, 20, somewhere in there, uh, different classes on this. And the last class on it was teaching the um, officials how to be um, uh, activists uh, uh, towards towards race and all that kind of stuff. and. Uh, Trump found out about it yesterday, the day before, something like that, and he put a stop to it. But when it comes to organizations that the executive branch has control of, and he puts out an executive order, that can't be overturned by courts because he's directly in control of the executive branch, unless it's something that's deemed unconstitutional. But in this case, it was business practice, so on and so forth. So an executive of a business tells the business, don't do this. The business has to comply. You know, otherwise you're going to see people getting fired and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And honestly, I think that's what should have happened. He should have fired the head of the CDC and any of the other officials that were on board with it. But moving right along in this focus on readiness in the states. Bruce, maybe you can help me out with this one. I'm trying to understand what they mean here. Focus on readiness in the states, providing political support for a complete and accurate count. So they're going they're talking here about recounts state by state. I'm assuming. Yes. Uh, probably recounts and counts. The, uh, I'm assuming this is referencing the Postal Service, how they were saying, oh, well, they're 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 taking up the mailboxes and the and the 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 count, the sorting machines there. Some of them are being decommissioned. And and this is this is this is a travesty right before the election. I'm kind of wondering if that's what they're kind of part of what they're mm-hmm. meaning here is mm-hmm. slowing down or stopping those those things when, as the the head said, those aren't needed. So that that could be one of the aspects of it could also be, um, I don't know, hiring people maybe like brown shirt esque to go in and ensure that the the safety finger quotes of um, the 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 the, uh, the, the ballot boxes are are adhered to you know maybe maybe that's what they're gonna do I I mean that's pretty vague yeah. on what 
what what they well, do that's, there. That's a better yeah, that's a better explanation than I could have come up with. I mean, I just kind of figured that they were looking at it from a standpoint of recounts, and I was thinking like the point that they referenced in here, the two thousand Gore and Bush thing, as as that's what it was because it was it was a recount in uh, Florida. That, that's what the state was. That was a it was a big mess, but uh, nonetheless, address the two biggest threats head on. Lies about voter fraud and escalating violence. Okay. Um, (laughs) This is what they say. Voting fraud is virtually non-existent. (laughs) Okay. But Trump lies about it to create a narrative designed to politically mobilize his base and to create the basis for contesting the results should he lose. The potential for violent conflict is high, particularly since Trump encourages his supporters to take up arms. Now, again, this is a tabletop exercise. This is a simulation that they ran based on the guidelines that we laid out in the beginning of this thing. But all of this is based on actions that we're seeing coming out of the Democratic Party, the radical element of the Democratic Party. They're the ones that are fomenting this violence in the streets. This is not Trump. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Voting fraud is virtually non-existent. What planet are you people living on? You idiots that came up with this tabletop. Are you serious? I remember my grandfather telling me when he was a kid. I mean, we're talking Depression era, right? I mean, back back then, 1930s. Okay, he was telling me when he was a kid, he would see people down at the local graveyard with notebooks on Election Day. And what were they doing? They were writing down names of people on tombstones and they were taking them down to the local polling place and they were putting them in to vote. Also, you can't do this anymore. But what did they have back then? Because you still had largely areas of the country that, you know, hadn't quite gotten off of the prohibition thing. You had people sitting outside. You had the local 46 out there. At the local polling place, you know, the, the coal miners union, the steel workers union, the plumbers union, the carpentry, whatever, right? Your local union shop. They were down there handing out pints of whiskey. Hey, think of us as you're going in to vote today. Yeah. Voting fraud is virtually non-existent. What, what about no voter ID? What about all these mail-in ballots you're sending out? What, what about people that are non-citizens that are allowed to vote in our elections? What about these things? You're, and you're saying that voter voting fraud is virtually non-existent? What about the uh, the elections that we've seen here recently? Detroit, New York. Uh, what was it? The, the Iowa caucus when they tried the new uh, software? You know, that failed. They still don't know the results of that. Detroit says they may never know the results of their election. So um, no problems. I think New York had something like four million votes that were thrown out. Um, yeah, no, no fraud there. You realize that if they throw out, okay, so this happens with, uh, not the mail-in ballots, but the, um, what's the other ones? The, the ones that, that you do absentee ballots, you have to actually request those even with the absentee ballots, a, a portion of those get thrown out because, um, signature, you know, it doesn't look right. Or, um, the postage mark on there is wrong. You know, the postage date or whatever, you know, whatever the inconsistency is, they'll throw it out or they just can't tell who they voted for quote unquote. So I'm wanting to say it's like 5% or somewhere in that range that were thrown out. It may have been higher, but let's say that happens on a national scale to where you have, you know, 170 some million people vote or however many people actually vote. and Let's say 5% of those are thrown out. You're talking millions of votes. It, not only is it going to disenfranchise voters, but it's, got, it's going to cause an uproar because people are going to think my vote didn't count because, uh, you know, the, the, there's no protections there for mail-in stuff. So, no, voter fraud is 
that is that is the worst concern or the biggest concern that I have with the mail-in stuff uh, is, is voter fraud. I mean, <laughs> we've talked about it too. Uh, what about the post office? Post office sees um, like your mail carrier is a Democrat or a Republican, doesn't matter which side, and they go in and they know the area or they know the people here that are, you know, they they know how they're leaning or what they're going to vote for, and they just happen to lose the ballot on on in, in transit, right, or or something, you know, drop my satchel and you know some of those ballots fell out and you know went down the drain. I don't know what happened to them. Uh, so I, we saw the guy the other day getting out of the mail truck, the postal worker, and he threw the whole bag of ballots into the dumpster didn't he yeah well and there was another report i want to say it was in california i, I could have my I, I could be wrong but a big semi truck of of mail the guy was just throwing them out in the back of the just throw them out into a to an alleyway large stacks of mail and they're all labeled you know the satchels are all labeled uh usps the the you can tell all the mail inside is uh, it's mail inside that it hasn't been delivered and every yeah of course voting fraud is just uh that's just a it's non-existent it only trumps talking about it when i mean the only ones talking about voter fraud are really those those on the right so it fits their narrative Mm -hmm. the potential for violent conflict is high i would argue it's already there now i mean we know who's out there fomenting the violence in the streets what what was it uh what was it uh uh, kamala harris said uh they're not going to stop uh and they shouldn't stop they're not going to stop before the election and they're not going to stop after the election isn't that what she said so the the potential for violent conflict is high oh yes it is oh yes it is particularly since Trump encourages his supporters to take up arms. Now, mind you, this is the tabletop, right? This is the this is the projected scenario that they worked up in in the basis from what was at the top. So it doesn't make sense. It doesn't play. Even Trump himself publicly stated, which the media conveniently ignores it. He says, I don't want my supporters engaging the the mobs in the streets. He's already said that. And I think it was due to the uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse case. That That's where it started, because uh, with, with that one, because he said it he was. didn't want to see other people do or no, 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 no. It was the it was the shooting in uh, in Portland of the um, the Patriot Prayer guy. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I don't remember where it was, where where he was addressed with that. But he uh, he did say he would prefer that didn't happen. But he also said uh, the way it was worded, it was. I would rather professionals do this, so law enforcement, but the way it was worded in his answer is that I don't condone it and I would prefer law enforcement to do it, but if the citizenry stands up and does it themselves, it's technically on them to choose that. You know, I mean, it's Second Amendment, it's their right uh, to defend their property. So the way it was worded, he was he was constitutional, but he was very clear that he would prefer they didn't, you know, do that. Here's here's the other thing, too. I, I don't see Trump actually doing any of that. He's had opportunities to do all these things and he hasn't done them. He hasn't done them at any other time. First of all, I don't think any other president in at least in, in my lifetime, I don't think any other president would have put up with the nonsense he's putting up with. I don't think anyone would. They would have left. They would have resigned and left. They wouldn't put up with that crap. But he has. He has. And, you know, I'm not I'm not sitting here d- defending the guy. I'm just pointing out the obvious. But the thing is, is, is I don't think Trump would do that. I think the American people would do that naturally, as in if they feel like they've been cheated, which I mean, to be fair, we feel like we've been robbed up to this point anyway. I mean, the, the country's been in chaos for the last four years. They haven't gotten a damn thing done. And, and it hasn't helped the country at all. If anything, they've put us into further dire straits, especially with all the financial stuff. So if people feel like that they're going to get cheated, if people feel like that the election itself is going to get thrown out the window and their vote's not going to get counted, which 
Let's be clear. When they come after Trump, they're not coming after Trump. They're coming after us. They're coming after those of us that voted. They're coming after the American people. That's what it is. It's not him. They're going after him to set an example that they want to come after us because he's the only thing that's standing in between us and them. And, and I hate that us versus them mentality. I can't stand it. But that's what they're making it about. And I don't like it. I don't like it one damn bit. But him saying to his supporters, take up arms. I don't see it. I don't see it. It doesn't play. It does. play. if he does do that, then that will be very I will be very surprised. I'll be very surprised. Now, he's anti-war. He is. He is. He's, he's shown that for crying yeah. out loud, he's talking peace in the Middle East. He's got his his. Uh, his son-in-law, Kushner, he's brokering the deal. They're at the White House today signing that paper, aren't they? Uh, yeah, today or yesterday. I, today I or believe yesterday, yesterday Netanyahu, okay. yeah, Netanyahu was over something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Last point here. Anticipate a rocky administrative transition. Hmm. Transition teams will likely need to do two things simultaneously. Defend against Trump's reckless actions on his way out of office and find creative solutions to ensure landing teams are able to access the information and resources they need to begin to prepare for governing. Do you, do you know what that means? That means they don't want a peaceful transition of power, and they're, go they're, they're making it look like he's not going to leave. They, they don't want a peaceful transition. Defend against Trump's reckless actions on his way out of office. What's he going to do? I mean, if the guy legit loses an election, then he's already said, look, if I lose, if I legitimately lose, I'll go. And that's what you should do. I mean, if I were in there, which, God, I wouldn't want to be that in that position. But if it were me, if I lost, see you later. You know, I tried. That's 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 the best I can do for you. Uh, uh, and find creative solutions to ensure landing teams are able to access the information and resources they need to begin preparing to prepare for governing. What? So we can't go 10 minutes without your leadership. We, we can't go 10 minutes without uh, without you dictating upon uh, from upon high on how we need to leave or how we need to live our lives, which, by the way, you guys are going to love this scientific America. You know, the big journal, the scientific journal endorsed Joe Biden for president. There's a little problem with it, though. It's a German publication. So I, I thought that was rather funny. But the scientific community has endorsed Joe Biden. They haven't endorsed Trump. But it's funny how the endorsements that are coming in. FOPs all over the country are endorsing Trump. They're not endorsing Biden. It's clear that people want law and order. It's clear who the populist candidate is. It's not it's not Joe Biden that this guy can't even talk. Kamala Harris let it slip the other day, didn't she? A Harris administration mm -hmm. with Biden campaign supporting it. <laughs> she let the cat out of the bag right there. That's what it's going to yeah, be. Yeah. You're not voting for so, Joe Biden if you're thinking about voting for Joe Biden. You're voting for Kamala Harris. And when she was pulled out of the Democratic nomination process, she had a 2% approval rating. She was polling at 2%. Go ahead. So what what would happen? Uh, you know, how how would how would the um, let's say just for the sake of this argument, uh, Biden wins. OK. And in, in reference to this, uh, find find creative solutions to ensure landing team well, creative solutions. By well, the way. to be kind to of be clear, this this is all based on the fact that they're predicting that Biden will win in a landslide. Right. Right. So creative solutions is creative solutions. That one that stands out there. Um, creative solutions is alluding to uh, by hook or by crook. We don't care. Uh, you know, get it done to ensure the landing teams are able to access information. So what happens? How would their reaction or how would they react if like the Mueller team just happened to wipe all their cell phones 
uh, just oops uh some of our guys forgot their password and entered it too many times and it wiped their phones and some of the other ones intentionally wiped it what would happen if the entire trump team did the same thing whoops oh, traitors uh, we, we've, we we've we forgot we yeah. forgot the, the password they'd be calling them every name in the book of course the gp standard. you remember yeah you gp you remember back in the day when we all carried blackberries back in the day <laughs> oh yes password wrong 10 times and wipe the thing you're like yep. oh you gotta wait till you get back to your pc to load everything back up on it back in yeah and that took forever too yep back in the day when times were simpler okay when we didn't um, have to worry about presidential craziness yeah it was yeah. just so okay, anyway you're elected you're elected exactly yeah as far as the uh this is this is my call. As far as the uh, the transition integrity project, you people suck. You ought to be ashamed of yourselves. That's all I got to say on it. So that's my that's my review of your uh, your terrible, terrible table talk. All you people should be thrown out of D.C. I'm serious. You people are pathetic. You're disgusting and you ought to be ashamed of yourselves. And I mean that with all sincerity and I'm being polite. Unfortunately, we're out of time today, gentlemen, so we are going to have to end. And for those of you who have not, you'd like to, please do give us a follow on the social media platform of Parlor. We love getting all of your likes, your echoes, your comments, your upvotes. You can follow me over there at Anderson 3 or you can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Also, if you would like to reach out to us and you do not want to reach out to us on social media, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at tips at dynamicindependence.com. You can address it to GP at Skid Row, and he will... <laughs> He will be happy to respond to that. It's not Skid Row. I just had some indigenous populations of the alleys decorate my office location. Fair enough. And we will be seeing that shortly. We, we will be looking at your new office mm-hmm. in the near future. Well, this is amazing. And we would humbly ask you to pass this along to friends and family. We're trying to grow our audience here as much as possible. And we need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. So if you could pass this along to friends, family and known associates, possibly your neighbor. You know, we're trying to bring like-minded people together and promote good, healthy conversations in and among people's circles. Because right now, getting like-minded people together and having good, healthy dialogue in between people, it's necessary more now than ever. So if you could pass this along, we would greatly appreciate that. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you could drop over to Apple Podcasts or any other respective platform you listen to us on that has a rating system and give us a rating, five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. Bruce, GP, thank you guys for your time tonight. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together, we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.